Hi, my name is Duncan Urshik. I'm one of the senior editors here at Functional Ecology, and I'm here today with Kyle Demis, our 2013 Haldane Prize winner, for, uh, and we're going to be discussing the work that earned him the Haldane Prize, which is a paper published in Functional Ecology in 2013 called Survival of the Weakest, Increased Frond Mechanical Strength in a Wave-Swept Kelp inhibits self-pruning and increases whole plant mortality, which he published together with Jonathan Pruitt, Christopher Harley, and Emily Carrington. So with that, uh, Kyle, I want to say congratulations for winning this prize, and it's great to have you. Thank you. I've always been a huge fan of functional ecology, so I was very happy and grateful to receive this award. That's great. Um, so I'd like to kind of plunge into your paper a little bit and and I'd like to, for you to give the listeners a sense of what your work's about. So tell me about your study and the basic ideas or hypotheses you tested in your paper in functional ecology. Sure. I guess the most basic idea of the study is that in addition to these physiological components that we often think about, like temperature and nutrients and salinity that affect uh, distribution and abundance of species, we also have physical factors. And physical factors in the environment can be things like um, overcoming gravity as a tree to grow tall or overcoming the storms uh, on land as a hurricane. Or in the realm that I work, in the marine realm, it's overcoming these waves that hit every five to ten seconds for your entire life. So basically, the idea is that these mechanical forces have been an important component shaping the evolution of life uh, in these wave-swept environments. And so I wanted to test whether or not mechanical traits, which would allow you to either deal with these forces or um, lower them to some degree, are under selection. Yeah, it's very interesting. Now, as a person who doesn't study kelp, I have to ask the question, why study kelp? There's so many reasons for that, and I could talk for 30 minutes on it, but kelp are wonderful. They're foundational species that are all along the temperate coasts of the world, and they're very productive, and they host these really diverse ecosystems. They're also very economically valuable to humans. Outside of that, the real reasons that I study them is I think they're probably the most charismatic marine organism, and I'm going to upset a lot of um, phycologists and marine biologists by saying that, but I'm sticking with it. Um, and the second is that they're really great for biomechanical studies because a lot of the studies to pull apart um, and study something strength requires you to slowly pull it apart until it breaks. And I feel a lot more comfortable doing that with a kelp than, say, an otter. <laughs> yeah, and we're glad you're not doing that with otters, uh, Kyle. Right. So I think the otters are happy, too. That, that's interesting. So charismatic kelp, I, I like that. I like that a lot, actually. So tell me, why apply a biomechanical perspective to studying kelp? Like I was briefly alluding to earlier, um, Physical forces are really important in wave-swept environments because these, the mechanical forces imposed by waves are much greater than you would have in a hurricane because water is so much denser than the air. So living along the wave-swept shore, we often refer to it as a, a, host, a mechanically hostile environment, or I call it hydrodynamic hell sometimes because these forces are so great. So really, it looks like mechanical forces are going to be something that's, that's constraining evolution and ecology along these shorelines. Hmm. And, and why would kelp survivorship, which is a trait you measure in your paper, be important for marine ecosystems? That's a great question. Um, so the kelp species that I looked at is perennial and can live to about eight years. 
And so some of them, about 40% will die each year of the population. And the persistence of these kelps allows some continuity for productivity in the system, but also some structure that stays there. A lot of organisms, crabs, worms, snails, all sorts of marine organisms are dependent upon these kelp in the intertidal. So them staying around during the winter storms provides refuge for all these other organisms as well. Yeah, so in other words, if you have a weak kelp, it sort of compromises the whole system. That's right. A stronger kelp, I guess, would have a more resilient system. Yeah. So so you mentioned some of the organisms you mentioned, invertebrates. Are, what, what are some other organisms that could be affected by kelp mechanical properties in survivorship? Um, so it gets complicated. In the intertidal, there are also fish that when the tide is high that forage in there, and then birds that forage as well in the intertidal. So there is sort of a cascading effect up the food web, but when the tide is low and in the, the intertidal, I think it's really these, these invertebrates that are living in the holdfast that are benefiting the most directly. Yeah, that's interesting. I never would have thought a bird, you know, kelp would be important to a bird, but there you go. You found a great deal of variation in both mechanical properties and survivorship among your different kelp samples, which I found very interesting. Were you surprised by this variation? I was extremely surprised. I will never forget the day that I showed this to my supervisor because this was a high-risk project for for both of us. Um, we weren't we were we knew that you know if natural selection is happening on these populations on mechanical traits, there should be variation among individuals in the same population. But it hadn't been documented before, and the way that the field was talking about um, variation among individuals was all between sites and among populations. So. So we were very nervous that, that we wouldn't find anything. And then seeing the amount of variation we saw and that it explained 60% of survivorship, we were just floored and very happy and surprised. Yeah, that's amazing. I never, I never knew someone could do a study of natural selection on kelp, but, but you managed to pull it off, which is, which is incredible. Um, so, so, Kyle, you've made kelp exciting, and I, that's quite a few. Um, now, what's next for you? Um, what's next? So I'm going to continue working on kelps and biomechanics. We've really only just started merging the ecology and evolution with biomechanics in this marine system. And I want to continue doing that, asking things like, what are the relative roles of genes versus the environment? So we know that there's some plasticity in mechanical traits, but we don't really know the limits. So I'd like to sort of push those and see if um, I can identify the limits of plasticity in mechanical traits. And then the second component that I want to start looking at is physiological costs of strength. So why aren't all kelps strong then? Um, presumably there's some cost associated with it. And I want to look at the trade-offs of physiologically building these strong tissues and how that decreases reproductive output, et cetera. I think that sounds, those sound like fantastic questions. And maybe if you get a great paper, you can uh, consider sending it to functional ecology as well. Sounds great. <laughs> Kyle, I want to say thank you very much, and I think we're all looking forward to uh, the new and exciting research that you and other colleagues will be doing over the next uh, several years. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you.